0: The Flipside Podcast.
1: Told my wife, I said, hey, man, let's go to the hospital. We got to go. Mm-hmm. We got to go. You know, I don't care what's going on. I feel like I'm freaking dying. Right. But Lord bless her heart. She was caught kind of, she kind of figured I was having a panic attack or something like that. So she told me to kind of like sit down, call the doctor, things of that nature. So we ended up calling the doctor. And, and bless her soul again, because she was like, um. She was trying to be practical, but I was like, "What are you gonna do? You just gonna sit here and watch me effing die?" You know? Oh, wow!
0: It's <laughs> so. It's with great excitement that I present the Flipside Podcast, episode number two. We are talking today about a very serious topic that's hitting us all in many different ways when we talk about our mental capabilities, particularly our mental health and well being. On today's episode, we're going to speak with Claiborne Green, a higher ed administrator, particularly in athletics at the University of Michigan. And his struggle with stress leading to anxiety and ultimately resulting in a panic attack that changed his lifestyle in a very dramatic way. But we talked to him about how his ability to be able to recognize problems and the issues and the struggles he was having and how he's currently turning it around and changing his lifestyle to focus on a more balanced, a more healthy Position that he has. During these times, there's so much stress we're all facing. It could be because of COVID 19. We're all dealing with a lot of different things during these times, and the quarantine has brought out new innovations, but overall, it's a very stressful time for most people. We're going to also have the opportunity to be able to discuss the depths, the highs, and the lows of Green's situation, how he's been able to reach out and see the promising things in his life that he wasn't able to notice before. The testimony that he's able to give is very powerful and inspirational. Very, very interested to hear more about what he has to say as he continues to progress and move forward. But the insights that he provided allowed me to understand more about the pressure, the stress that we place on ourselves struggles and the conflicts that we internalize that eat away at us and hurt us in ways that we can't really explain. And it's important to really speak openly and clearly with the people who we care about to learn more about how we can support and give resources to those of us that need it the most, to be there even in solidarity, even if times when we're checking in on people, especially now, especially when we haven't heard from people in a long time. I've been friends with Claiborne for years, and I've never really faced this type of situation where I felt the pain that someone was going through through their own experience as they shared it with me. I'm pleased that the Flipside Podcast has been able to speak with him and hear more about his story, and more importantly, share it with the audience, share it with the people and the community That gets to hear his voice and listen to the situation, listen to the struggle and listen to the redemption as he looks to make the changes in his life that will make a healthier and more positive situation for him and the family that he has and the friends that he has around him.
1: All right, just gonna go for it. I just wanna say about a few weeks ago, three or four weeks ago, is probably one of the toughest weeks that I've experienced in a while. My um, life kind of getting back for myself back to walking with God has been the most joyful, yet it can be somewhat painful at times to um, come to the realization um, that, that God never leaves us, but we are the ones that particularly leave Him. But it feels so good to be able to feel again and be present. Have any advice for anybody just and when i'm learning just don't suppress who you are for safety or for anyone um, and be your authentic self because in the end all it is um, if you do that it leads to all sorts of issues uh, anxiety depression and all forms of potential other addictions that that you may not even know or want to admit that's going on um, you know there's a whole spiritual thing mean um, the bible talks about you can be in the wilderness and not even know it you know, so about four weeks ago, it all came to a head for me. You know, so thankful that I support group around me that I could lean on. And you know, my foundation was God, but you know, some of my best friends Ed, Darius, my mother, you know, some other mentors that um, really helped me kind of get through a really tough time. You know, things I was dealing with. I kind of, I finally unpacked some stuff about family history that I've been struggling with. I you know, finally admitted to my wife that there were some feelings that I had. About us that I was uncomfortable with, um, that I had a people-pleasing addiction that was more for myself than others. You know, I had to, I had started to see a therapist um, before I realized that I couldn't chill anymore. You know, I did kind of came to a head one time where I was kind of we're in Myrtle Beach on vacation. I realized I couldn't even relax. I didn't know how to relax. I was looking for methods of relax- relaxation that mayn't have never been the best. You know, um, so. And all those things were, were were taking me further away from my first love, and I have to say, which is my relationship with Christ, and we were really taking away from my friend, you know. I didn't even got to the point I was trying, um, you know, medic- my people-pleasing stuff, I even got to the point I was trying medication, um, <laughs> to the point to even please my therapist, you know, for I thought she might, you know, for she thought it might be a good idea. But I wasn't really feeling it at all, um, but I went for it anyway. And, you know, boy, did it knock me out. You know, I had a terrible reaction to it, you know. I immediately got more depressed, dry mouth. I felt like my head was about to explode, you know. When, um, you know, even when I saw the warning labels, <laughs> when you see the warning labels, you can see it says, if if you don't, I can see how, if you don't have the will to live, how that stuff can take you out. One thing I can say that has made me feel like I, made me feel like I've I never, had never before, you know. That week... I, I had cried so much in a week. I even had a panic attack, which is one of the scariest things I've ever experienced. Um, in a sense, you know, I, the biggest thing I, I realized I was trying to fix things on my own and not consulting with God as I used to. Um, there's a verse that says, All things work out for the good of those who love them. Um, that was the worst reaction to anything I've ever had, but it helped me kind of get back to Christ. helped me realize that my success has been God living through me and keeping me that I have blessed, that I've been blessed with so many real, true friends. Um, what you need in this world, you need people to lean on. You know, you can't do it on your own. You know, if you have ever been, if you have, and I, me and my boy Ed talk about this, if you have two to five people you can truly count on, um, you're extremely blessed. You know, um, that I can no longer, I realize that I cannot no longer not be myself for the comfort of others, because that will eventually lead to so many other issues. Um, If anything, it's kind of realized that I made me realize that that we need each other in this world to help each other. And I finally got back to being honest with myself, which was the first step of being able to help myself and care for myself again. Let anybody know, man, we need God. We need each other. Isolation that I kind of experience can lead to some... um, some terrible stuff and when you think you're alone at the end of the day you're never truly alone there's someone out there that understands you understands what you're going through and and oftentimes has already been through it but be real I'd always start with God first and truly seek help from others but first you have to realize recognize strategize and never compromise Um, I think I'm starting to realize everything you need to succeed in life God has has already prepared for you or kind of gave to it's all around you you know it's always been It's okay to ask for help. And I think as brothers, as people, we have to realize that's not weak. Just thankful for my wife, family, friends, Ed, my dog. (laughs) Um, He's there to help me in in some of my darkest moments. You know, you kind of realize that they're always there, that they're always there. And it's, you know, it was us that sometimes often leaves, but the ones who are truly down for you will be there with open arms to welcome you back and build you up and that kind of that life recovery phase man life recovery i realize is a day-by-day thing that lasts your whole life you never arrive and when you think you do that's when issues can't arrive so you know three things that, I, that i'm starting to meditate on pray on and just kind of dwell on a lot is man love god love people and and love yourself and it all work out
0: Thanks for staying with us on the Flipside Podcast. Up next is our insightful conversation with Claiborne Green. Welcome all to the Flipside Podcast. I'm incredibly excited to have one of my dearest and closest friends uh, on the podcast here. Welcome, Claiborne Green. Claiborne, how are you doing?
1: Doing well, excited to be here. Great. With my dog. That's right,
0: absolutely. (laughs) So if you could just give us, uh, give our listeners a sense of, you know, who you are, you know, what you're about, what you're, where you work, tell us, uh, tell us some interesting things about Claiborne Green, what they can know about you.
1: (laughs) I appreciate that. Well, first of all, I always got to start off, man, I'm a man of God, first and foremost. Um, I'm African-American male, born in Watkinsville, Georgia. That's a small country town outside of Athens, Georgia, about an hour and a half outside of Atlanta. Love people, love family, love friends. Um, um, current occupation, love my wife, love my wife, which, which can be an occupation in itself for those guys that are married, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I do. You know, with, with then um blocking to um one of my jobs job I have that I, that I currently employ that I'm currently employed by is the University of Michigan director of football academics, where we'll I have the pleasure to to help young men reach their goals academically and, and, and leave with a degree from the University of Michigan, which is uh, which is an which is an honor and a privilege to do. And um outside of that, um uh, that that's about it, you know, faith, family, football, education is is is, is what I'm about. People. Beautiful. Beautiful yeah. stuff. That's awesome. Well,
0: yeah. obviously uh we've spoken before we've brought you here today to kind of talk about uh, topic that's very personal to you uh very influential uh and we're very excited uh to hear your insights and share on a very detailed uh and passionate level so we've had the opportunity to uh, view your testimony about the struggles that you've had uh in dealing with a lot of different situations uh brought on by stress anxiety, and ultimately leading to uh, a panic attack so i uh, to cut right into it uh, can you describe you know your panic attack uh, you 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 mentioned it uh, the quote I have here is you mentioned it as one of the scariest things that you've ever experienced can you can you take us there what was it like when you had that panic attack hey
1: oh, yeah, that, that's a that's a good question well I could say like you know doing um this time with just with, with my job I'll we'll talk about my job a little bit too it, it can be a stressful stressful job, you know what I'm saying? Being charged, make sure guys are, football players are um, finishing up their schoolwork, doing things of that nature. And I was at home. And so, like, since the COVID-19 thing has, has started the pandemic, um, we've had to do everything remote. And, and that's been new not only for myself, but but for the guys and for everybody involved. And so when you're trying on something new and having to still perform at a high level it can cause kind of certain things, what I what I call anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I haven't really been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder, but I can tell lately or the past few years <laughs> that my anxiety has gone up more than than what I'm particularly used to. And I, I think with COVID, um, you know, it's scary. You know what I'm saying? The job, but also too, you know, this little particle out there, knowing that, you know... <laughs> You think you might die from it, or, or all the things. I think a lot of things just kind of came came to a head, and so um, and also too, just kind of transitioning to new leadership too, as well, um, has been a uh, have been a tough transition with me on the academic side of things too, as well. So um, what I could say is that I mean, I was eating lunch, and just trying to relax, couldn't relax, and 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 I started having feeling panicking i started feeling tingling my feet my Mm -hmm. chest started pounding my head was was like feel like it was on fire my 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 hands were uh were were tingling as well and i was just like i couldn't i I couldn't breathe deep at all and so i'm thinking i'm about to freaking die i'm like Mm if this is a heart attack this is what a heart attack feels like you know what i'm saying but what i hear but i heard You know, that when you're having a heart attack, it's hard for you to talk. and have slurred speech. But I ran upstairs. I called the wife. And and granted, this is the middle of COVID. You know what I'm saying? Where, like, you can't go to the hospital and all these things. Right, yeah. I told my wife, I said, hey, man, let's go to the hospital. We got to go. We got to go. You know, I don't care what's going on. I feel like I'm freaking dying. Right. But Lord bless her heart. She was caught. She kind of figured I was having a panic attack or something like that. So she told me to kind of like sit down, call the doctor, things of that nature. So we ended up calling the doctor and, and bless her soul again because she was like, uh, she was trying to be practical. But I was like, what are you going to do? You just going to sit here and watch me F and die? You know? <laughs> wow. <laughs> and, so, and so, I mean, because I just didn't know it. So, Thank God, you know, like I, I called my, my primary care doctor, and they had a nurse for me. She was the sweetest little thing, kind of talked me down on everything because I mean, I'm either thinking it's a heart attack, stroke, just whatever. And, and this is over is the re- phone. And this is over the phone. He just calmed me comments. down over the yeah, phone. Calm me down. I'm crying. I'm crying. You know, uh, all sorts of things. So the way she talked to me and the way that she was able to just kind of reassure that I'm not dying of a heart attack or anything mm-hmm. like that or having a stroke if this is a, a, a wild-out panic attack. And, and that's when I talked to her about, like, uh, um, the medication I started taking that I was opposed to, you know what I'm saying? But I just took because of my people-pleasing stuff anyway. So I think that caused anxiety too as well. And right after that, I threw those things in the, in the toilet, flushed mm-hmm. them, and that kind of gave me a sense of peace a little bit too, but at the same time, uh, she was really she was really cool about just, just the whole scenario and everything and calm me down. But I've I've never experienced anything like that. Right. And um it was I don't know. I thought I was going to meet my maker that day. Yeah. You know. To well, be honest with you. Let's
0: let's take a step into into that one one more time. So after you experienced the panic attack, you talked with the nurse over the phone. Mm-hmm they were able to get you to calm down or or reach, reach a sense of stability. Yeah. What, what did you do next in terms of realizing that you needed to get help? Whew.
1: Well, at that point, um, and I, and I tell you, the nurse was really cool. She told me to really rely on my faith, which is something I don't know if they typically do. Cause Mm -hmm. she was like, I could tell you're a pretty spiritual person. You know what I'm saying? And she could tell I was kind of maybe against, um, you know, the medication, certain things of that nature. So I called my psychiatrist who prescribed it, and she didn't like, you know, she told me to take a smaller dosage. So I got pissed off because of that, you know. I'm just like, you're not even listening to me. So anyway, I got, <laughs> I, threw away the, I threw away the medication, so, and talked to the psychiatrist and was Wait, saying, we'll so
0: you had you had meds before the panic attack for anxiety. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I just
1: I was I was just on it for like two or three days actually.
0: I see, gotcha. Okay. Yeah,
1: two or three days, and then, and then and and I think that kind of caused anxiety. Just even trying, you know, because that's yeah. what I've said. I think back into the video where you try to do things on your own. Mm-hmm. I think I was trying to knock things out instead of going back to doing what I know. Just kind of relying on God with a lot of things. I don't have anything against medication or whatnot. Right. But I haven't never had a counselor where I work therapy first. I want to do the natural thing first okay, in my heart and mind, but I didn't. I was just like, wanted to see if I, I just knew it was, I was at a stress time with work, life, and a lot of things. So like if medication can knock this out, I was like, okay, let me try it. But also too, I was kind of opposed to it as well. And also too, uh, my counselor just kind of, and she's a great therapist. I still have her to this day, but she kind of recommended it. And I can tell if she wants to try it. So either way. Um, that, that was the case, but to go back to your original question after we, uh, um, yes, yeah, so I called a psychiatrist. I told her, I just wanted to get off medication and just go back to working the therapy and try more natural supplements and things of that nature. And so since then, that's what I've been kind of working and kind of really getting back, back to myself and things of that nature. But one thing I can say during that time it was three or four days of medication. I know Ed, you heard from me during that time. Yeah. I never cried so much. Uh you know, I had all sorts of crazy thoughts, man. I just thought I had like a, a bad reaction to it. And um and so that's why I say when they say on the label where they talk about like suicidal thoughts, all those particular things. Luckily my faith <laughs> I want to live. I was like, God, just keep me alive and all right. those things. But at the same time, it was um, I, I started to feel again, and um, and just started to really work it, work it, work work the therapy, and just really get back to going back to the basics with myself, which was God, you know, family and friends. You know, well, wh- tell us tell
0: us more about therapy. What what's that like for you, especially being uh, a person of color, being a black man and understanding that therapy is not typically something that is prescribed or uh, given as a as an avenue to explore uh, amongst people of color.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, I, and I've always, because, you know, I've always grown up, I went to Morehouse College, you know, played football, had a great career and all those things, but you're always told to always kind of like fight through things, tough things out, push days, you got to be twice as good just to be accepted, all these things that we're told and always forced to push through and kind of suppress our true feelings for safety. I just, I don't know, those things in a sense kind of cause, I think, my depression or my anxiety even more, especially as I moved up in the workplace mm-hmm. and things of that nature where there's more pressure and um, responsibilities put on you and things of that nature. So a lot of times you're not, um, warning and willing to express yourself and, are uh, your true feelings of how things, because you're like, okay, they're going to be mad, or, or I can't be the angry black man, or I can't be this, that, or that guy. But, man, but going through therapy, like, that's like, it kind of teaches you the total opposite of that. And what I'm starting to realize is that not only black people, a lot of white people, a lot of the top CEOs, a lot of people have therapists to talk to. They're kind of like little secret weapons, you know what I'm saying? And so, yeah. like, and I now that I see it because it's just really, you know, you just have somebody just to that has an unbiased opinion that's going to um tell you straight up based off what you're giving them to on, on how to improve kind of your situation or change your thoughts, you know? And and having that more rational um outlook sometimes because now I realize I was doing things and, and a lot of things were irrational, you know. Yeah. Um, so I, my viewpoint on therapists, I think everybody kind of could, could benefit from one to a, to a certain extent. And I just know within the black community, it's, it's hard, it's tough for us to show vulnerability, but now what I'm realizing is that when you can admit that or admit your vulnerability, it's actually strength, you know? Absolutely. And so, and so now it's, it's almost like the common Whew, I think that's one of our biggest hindrances, Black men, is not being vulnerable and, and admitting that we need help. And then we end up um, trying to press on, do all these things on our own, and then it's not getting us nowhere. And then we're all mad and upset. And at the end of the day, we have nobody to blame but ourselves. But at the same time, society does put a lot of pressure on us to, to go about things a certain way. When the rest of society is doing everything that, honestly, <laughs> that, that the things that we are ashamed to do or think is weak, they're doing it, and they consider it strong. I can't oh, yeah. tell you how many conversations or how many people say, man, that's brave. You know what I'm saying? You got courage to do this. You're taking care of yourself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's and definitely so,
0: yeah. it's definitely brave because yeah. if I'm hearing you correctly, it's it's a tool. You know, yeah. it's It's something that you can use as a resource to tap into your true self and ultimately be more productive, be more true to yourself, be more to life to be able to kind of just dive deeper into the things that make you happy, the things that get you to the places that you want to be, by understanding more about your true self.
1: Oh my gosh, I can't, that is so true. I mean, it's just like, it's just like working, working out, you know, you have to build it, you have to work it in order to get stronger, you know, the mind is a crazy thing, man. If you don't work your mind or, or, or find ways to, to work it out differently, you'll never be able to maximize kind of like like who you are in a sense, you know. If you do the same workout every time or the same chest workout or the same physical workout, eventually it's going to be it is what it is. You're only going to get so many gains, you know. Yeah. That's the same way I feel like with the mind, man. Find different ways to improve your mind. And having a therapist, I think, is just one of those tools to help you do that. Because life is always changing, man. And you're always going to get different thoughts. So you're always going have to have to process those things. And as you get older, um, I think it's good to have those, those people to be able to kind of hash them out with you. You know,
0: And it's, a, it's amazing when you really think about that because you're talking about processing your thoughts to reach a better understanding as opposed to some of the ways that individuals grow up when they're taught to block it out or push on or just keep sucking it up and pushing through. And that just creates more of the hurtful dynamic because you're really just suppressing
1: things that more than likely will resurface later. Man, t- tell me about it. I-, I am so thankful, honestly, that the panic attack and all that took place during this time in my house. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. imagine if that would have resurfaced while I'm at the academic center or with my guys or in front of my man. You're talking about it could have been all <laughs> it could it could have been rough. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It could have it could have been a tough thing for people to kind of kind of realize. But also too then. If you're not getting help with the condition that you're already working on, imagine having to deal with the emotion of having a panic attack, and 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 still having to come back from that, and thinking how people are now thinking about you.
0: Sure. Yeah. You stuff. know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you, men- so. you mentioned
0: um, a people pleasing addiction. Yeah. And 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 you connected a lot of different things to your past. Uh, let's, what, what did you mean by that term? Uh, You had a people pleasing addiction. Well,
1: you know, and I think sometimes just from my past and my childhood, you know, um, that's what therapy kind of helped me unpack a certain, a lot of things, you know, I was doing a lot of things just for the approval of people. So, so a lot of times if I did good, or if I made that person feel good, you know what I'm saying? They would accept me, you know? Mm-hmm. Or, that, that, or that's considered acceptable. So a lot of times I would deny my true feelings or if I really didn't want to do that or do this particular thing. Um, but at the same time, if I did it, this person would feel better or this and that. And they it, it was more of kind of like, well, then I, I might be accepted, you know? And, um, but also too... <sighs> why are people pleasing addiction? It's hard to kinda of explain like because like I needed that in order to kind of like feel good about myself in a sense. In what way? Um <sighs> Let me explain that, Golly. because I feel good about myself a little bit of that, but it's also, in a sense, me handling business, making sure my boss, my coach, everybody was taken care of, I I, I figured that kind of advanced me. It made them feel safe with me. Mm-hmm. I wasn't the angry black man or the whatever guy. That um, you know Claiborne's the good guy that takes care of business. That he's the guy that you can always depend on to get things done. Mm-hmm. You know, and even yeah. So it kind of and I see how that did kind of help me to a certain extent. Okay. But then at the same time, it 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 it, it allowed me to be kind of used and abused, and it was nobody else's fault but mine. But at the same time, um. If people weren't asking me to do stuff or if I wasn't doing anything for others, I felt like I wasn't um, being, uh, I guess, relevant Mm -hmm. or or useful. I see what you mean. So so, so So I needed to feel needed. And part of that, I guess, was the people pleasing. So even if they didn't really need me, I was just trying to make sure that they were good despite myself then at that point, um, I guess I had a a sense of acceptance.
0: Well, yeah, I can understand that because you want to be able to feel like you're not being rejected. You want to be able to feel like people like you, they count on you, they have confidence in your abilities and there's a sense that you don't want to let them down and even if it might be something that you're sacrificing your own happiness yeah. you do have that opportunity to make that person feel that they're happy even yeah. though it's it's at your own own expense yeah at your own, own expense. expense and, right? and yeah.
1: the sad thing about that is that it ends up not being authentic too though you know what I'm saying and mm-hmm. so like and the other thing about like I tell you I think I shared have in testimony a little bit it's so bad that the therapist wanted me to try medication and I just, I wasn't a fan of it. And I don't knock anybody who does medication, you know what I'm saying? Because I've seen how it's worked and all those things, but I really want to work the therapy first before we get that. But I could see that she was kind of like, this might work and I want to please her.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I I went, I went did something opposed, opposed, you know, opposed of what I believed in at the time. And, and, it, and, it, and, it, um, kind of backfired on me in a sense, you know? But it was funny in a few therapy sessions later she realized that. So then it kind of switched. It's good you were in therapy. <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah, it was good I was in therapy at that point because she was like, oh shoot, you did that to please me, didn't you? So, and then it then it um we kind of could switch the things that we needed to kind of work on things. Well
0: that's good because it's it's showing the process that you know nothing is on a straight line. There's an opportunity for you to kinda of go through certain processes, figure out what's going on, make the adjustments, make the opportunities to adapt. What about at home? What about in terms of, you know, the stress of your job and the expectations that you have where other people rely on you? What about some of these things that you're struggling with within your personal space in in your own household?
1: Yeah. One thing I could say now that coming out of it, man, I I have an amazing wife that really was kind of patient through all these times because at that time, um, I would say I was kind of like a robot, man. I was such a workaholic, such to please everybody else and to take care of everybody else that I didn't have any energy at home. You know what I'm saying? And so when I came home, um, if I was even asked to do this or asked to do that, even simple stuff, I would be irritated, mm-hmm. you know? And I figured that, you know, just because of the magnitude of the job sometimes, you know, that, you know, she, people would just have to understand that, you know? And and so it, 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 it was rough, you know, because I was so into people-pleasing, workaholic, all those particular things that I isolated myself, not only from my wife at times, Emotionally, but just for my friends and all those things, because like I'm usually a social guy. Like I love people, I love energy, and all these particular things. But at the same time, I, uh, oof, I I was really going in 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 a a different place. I kind of got sucked in big time, big time to it.
0: When when you were, when you were experiencing, the daily, changes of experiencing different feelings, thoughts of, you know, it's not working. Am I on the right path? Did you, it sounds like your, your spiritual connection with God was the main thing that brought, brought you through it. Can you, can you elaborate on that?
1: Yeah. I can elaborate on that because, oh man, um, I, I feel God is like my foundation of everything. That's where I find my identity. You know, and that's what I tell people a lot of times. Where you find your identity is ultimately where you're going to find your peace. You know, so if your identity is just in your job or just in your your work or just in your thing, that's a very scary place to be. And the reason I say that is because those things can change. And if those things go wrong or those things go this way or that way, like, there goes your peace. You know, if you're finding your total identity in your job or your total identity in how you and your wife are doing or your total identity with this relationship or just with that, that's going to have ebbs and flows, you know? Mm -hmm. So as that goes, you're going to go, you know? Mm -hmm. And so my identity was probably my job. My identity was other things, you know? Everything outside of God. And, And the one thing I could tell you about God is just like, when your identity is with him, he just kind of like, even, even if you don't believe in God, the psychological things that it can teach you just from like having faith is knowing that all things are going to work together for your good. Um, you know, his yoke is, 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 is easy, you know, things of that nature kind of really brings you, brings you out of it. And realizing that everything that happens to you is to grow you, not to throw you. And so like getting back to, just my foundation with God and not being ashamed of him and being able to like, yeah, I'm a man of God. Like God, I work, Michigan doesn't pay my paycheck. That God, at the end of the day pays my paycheck. So that's where I found my peace. That's mm-hmm. where uh, I'm, I'm now trying to please him. And it's not about pleasing my boss. It's not about pleasing coach Harbaugh and all the other guys and all that stuff. And the cool thing about God is like when you're just trying to please him, Man, Coach, all you guys, all that stuff—we're gonna be happy with you because you're trying to glorify God first and foremost, mm. you know. And I got to and I got away from that, you know. I'm over here trying to people-please. So if my boss is upset, I'm over here trying to make sure that he's good, and he's a human being himself, right? That, and he's tripping, and he could be tripping over things that honestly don't need to be tripping upon. So I'm now carrying his burden when it is really not a big deal at all, you yeah. know. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so. Um, just, just getting back to that foundation, you know, because that's what kind of carried me through college. All those particular things that, you know, it just it helped me with my mindset of just how okay if I'm going to issue, what is God saying about it, and and if it's, if it's in my life, it's to it's to grow me up in a certain way. And I had lost that.
0: You kind of got back to your roots a little bit there. I got
1: back to my roots, man. And I lost, and I just kind of, I got back to my, and plus being in Michigan, it can be, it's above the Bible belt a little bit where you can kind of like, it's not as like sometimes a political thing to do to talk about God. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm from the South, man. You can talk about God all the time. So that was new for me. And like I said, I suppressed my, my authentic self for comfort because I was like, Oh my God, if I talk about God here, I say praise God, or can we pray, or can we do this and that, mm-hmm. I might lose my job, or yeah. people might not. And, and those type things, like, and just, ugh, got so far from that, man.
0: Good. Great, great insights there. Appreciate it. Life recovery was a term that you mentioned that I'm not that familiar with. What What does that mean for you?
1: Who? Life recovery means for me, like going through what I've went through with the panic attack and and just um, uh, I would say being depressed and dealing with anxiety and all those things. Um, It's life is a is a one day at at a time thing. One of my favorite phrases now that I kind of can't, which is like one day at a time, is so underrated. And and um, life recovery, in a sense is that everybody is coping with something you know everybody has issues or things that requires um for them to dig deeper to rely on friends to rely on god to rely on certain things that um because i think i seen the video too also at one point because once you feel you have arrived that's when things um can go can go awry Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying and so if you have that mindset, I'm in constant life recovery is that I'm constantly going to be coping and dealing with something, but I'm taking it one day at a time one day at a time and um and, and just trying to improve and never feel like I got this thing called life figured out, which none of us do, you know, because it's because I, I I either feel like you're heading to a storm, coming through a storm, um, heading to a storm, coming through a storm, coming from a storm, or um are in one, you know? And so it's, this, this, it's reciprocal. So like, my thing is, is that that's life, man. And you got to constantly be on that mindset about that, that, um, that I don't got this thing figured out that I constantly have to rely on guy rely on friends to get through this thing. And that's And that's a, and that's a process.
0: The advice that you gave, I thought, I thought was very influential. You said that you shouldn't suppress who you are, and for you, that suppression led to feelings of anxiety and depression. Yeah. Tell, tell us more about that.
1: Yeah. I mean, being in my work environment now, like being on the football side of things, all those things, man, that's me. That's my world. You know what I'm saying? Like dealing with coaches, dealing with the guys, dealing with getting tonight. That, that's, that's, you know what I'm saying? But sometimes when you're on the political side of things or on the other side that you're out of that environment, A little bit you might can feel that you have to be a certain way in order to be accepted or you can't say that or you can't have too much energy at the office or you can't do you know or you can't say jesus at the office or you you can't be your real self yeah you can't be your real self at the office or on campus or things of that nature you know and i'm like those are the things my energy that i brought those, um, the enthusiasm, you know, the, 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 the questioning at times, that's what allowed me to kind of, and God first of course allowed me to get to where I'm at, but man, but if, when you suppress those things for safety, man, you lose yourself, you know, mm-hmm. and you start taking on the, the habits and you start taking on the, the, um, the atmosphere that is honestly causing you to, to feel like you can't be your, your authentic self. So it's crazy The things that you're not trying to become are be, You end up becoming.
0: That's wow. That's just wow. Wild. I, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I just thought of that. I just thought of that. The thing that you're not trying to come, you end up becoming man, you know, and you're scared to kind of like fall, man, it, it's, it's uh And so that's why I tell people, man, like, and that's life, a lot of things. A lot of people are born um, originals, but die copies, you know? Mm. And so, like, you were built and born to do things that nobody else can do, man. And, And I think our life goal is to be the best version of ourselves. Because there's only one person that was made to do the things, think, think like you do, do the things that you do. So when we suppress that, ugh, that's not what you need, and it's not what the world needs. Right. And and so like, and then ultimately you realize you suppressed it, and then then you you find other things to cope with that that you're doing to numb it with, you know, whether that's work, whether that's alcohol. drugs whether that's just tv or just other addictions just to 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 kind of help you escape you know Mm
0: -hmm.
1: from what you're from what you're not you're escaping kind of from what you are becoming you know what i'm saying you're trying to escape from what you become
0: you're trying to numb it down and try to step outside of it so you don't have to deal with
1: you don't have to deal with the fact that you're cowering down or not doing what you you feel you're supposed to do you know yeah I, call, I totally get that. I totally and that's bad. That. And you feel bad. Like you feel like, dang, you know? Yeah.
0: So, so with, with you and the situations that you've been through and experiencing this such at such a recent time, what advice would you give to someone out there? Who's listening to this podcast and has suffered from anxiety is suffering from anxiety, has had a panic attack. What, if you could share with them some key insights and in, I would say
1: a few words, let's say five words or less, what would you say to those people? Ooh, five words or less?
0: hmm
1: <sighs> Find your triggers or what triggers your anxiety. Um, I think that's a that good one. Go, what else yeah. you have? Yeah, find find your triggers.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? Let me let me let me reprise that. Let me switch that up a little bit. Don't limit yourself. What, yeah. If if you were running down a list of different things that you had to give in terms of advice, what would you give to those people? What would you so, say yeah. to them?
1: Yeah, man. Find find your triggers of of what um of of what kind of triggers your anxiety. You know, find what those things are set up boundaries to guard yourself against those, you know? Because one thing I realized because I was such a people-pleaser, man, like I didn't have boundaries, so everybody could just take, 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 you know? Yeah. And me having, and setting up boundaries not me saying I don't care, I don't like you, I'm setting these boundaries so I can care for you appropriately, you know? So you've got, you've got to be able to set up boundaries. And also, too, know that it gets better. Like, as you're working it, it's going to be hard at first because, like, your body is naturally used to you responding a certain way. So like when you opposite, when you like, okay, do it blow, halt, halt and go the other way, like it's hard. It is hard. Like I still deal with it and I'm still going, but it's hard. But knowing that it gets better day by day and you have to take it a day by day time, you know, the two worst days, they tell you in life are yesterday and tomorrow because the reason being, you need to focus on one day at a time. And then it ultimately gets better bit by bit. You know. That, that, yeah, that would definitely be, be my advice. Boundaries, That's- find out your trigger one day at a time and, and really believe and know it, it gets better. And then if you got faith, my biggest thing is is God to, you know, give it up to him, to be honest with you. You know. That's do your cool. best to give do it your do your best to give God the rest. There you go. That's great.
0: Well, I tell you, I really appreciate you stepping into this space on the Flipside Podcast because it's not easy for everyone to talk about such a personal issue uh, and to face it head on the way that you have. So, I mean, we really want to give you uh, our greatest thanks for joining us uh, on this episode uh, dealing with mental health, anxiety, and panic attacks. And we'll look forward to hearing more from you in the future.
1: Oh, anytime, brother. Anytime.
0: Thanks for listening to the Flipside podcast. Every Thursday, we will share a new episode primed with direct conversations and interviews about topics that challenge original thoughts. You can subscribe and download The Flipside Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Most importantly, we want to hear from you. So search for The Flipside Pod on Instagram to submit questions and suggest new topics. Until next time, I'm Ed Hill. And remember, conversations create change.